Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 93 of Grow Bud Yourself. We are very excited and have a great show for you guys this week. Uh, We have our friend Dread Smokes Weed. He's the director of cultivation at DNA Genetics in California. Uh, We've got a strain of the Fortnite, a spring planting guide, plus answers to your questions on how to grow your own. All brought to you by Rocket Seeds, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Excelsior Extracts. So stick around, episode 93 is coming at you. All right, welcome back. And as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. We love the song. If you luck free weed, you're going to love Grow Bud yourself. So uh, here we are, episode 93. And uh, this is an f- exciting one. How are you feeling, Mike? I'm doing good. So far, so good. Yeah, it was a nice uh, 420 week uh, of events here in the city. I did, uh, uh, we had the event out in Queens and Amazora that uh, Northeast Leaf was a sponsor of. We had the original Whalers performing, uh, Immortal Technique, uh, and a great time was had by all out there. Uh, then I was out uh, at Long Island Glass for an event out there, uh, a grow, grow seminar panel slash uh, fun day in long island which was great and yeah celebrated the healing flower with uh like-minded folks uh big smoke out here in new york at 420 on 420 uh which i did not actually wasn't able to attend but heard great things about and uh yeah lots of fun was had all throughout and i hope uh your 420 out there uh, was as fun and eventful as ours. I know there was celebrations around the world, so uh, um, hope uh, hope everybody had some fun, but also made some friends and, and got together and smoked some uh, some kind bud, you know. And by kind bud, I mean grown with kindness and love and generosity. So that's what 420 is about. And uh, yeah, it's our celebration. How are you, Mike? I'm good. That's so wholesome. <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah, well, you know, I'm also kind of recovering from all the fun, so. Yeah. Yeah, we have actually, we have a really great show, an excellent interview, a completely uh, chock-full cultivation segment, so we're going to keep things a little brief up front, but, you know, the one thing that we wanted to just discuss with everybody is the big story, I think, and that is that New Jersey actually began retail cannabis sales. So they kicked off sales on April 21st, the day after 420, which is pretty interesting. And uh, that first day went well. Officials say that the state sold about $2 million worth of legal pot products on that first day. In all, the 12 dispensaries that were allowed to sell recreational cannabis in the Garden State, they sold nearly $1.9 million worth of pot to more than 12,000 customers. And this was possible because last week, New Jersey regulators finally okayed seven businesses with 13 storefronts across the state to begin selling recreational marijuana. 
And those shops, which as we discussed last week are all multi-state operators, they'll function as hybrid businesses that serve both adult use and medical pot customers. And while officials initially were concerned that the shops weren't going to have enough supply for both of those markets, ultimately, regulators gave their approval and the stores began selling cannabis. So medical patients... This is interesting. They stocked up in advance of the launch of retail sales, purchasing 5,400 ounces of pot the day before adult use sales began. However, that day happened to be 420. So it's kind of hard to tell if people were, uh, were hoarding cannabis because they were worried about supplies running out or if those purchases were sort of holiday-related. Either way, it's clear that the businesses have plenty of pot for all customers, and in the five days following the start of adult use sales, medical patients bought an additional 7,500 ounces. So, plenty of weed in New Jersey. It all got started. Industry insiders believe that New Jersey's uh, program is going to top $2 billion annually when it's fully operational. So, full steam ahead in New Jersey, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good start. And, uh, you know, I wish it wasn't just MSOs that could open right then and there. But uh, they got their head start and they're open. And now, uh, hopefully, a lot of other licenses will come on board and some of the smaller shops will be able to compete uh, with a better product. I mean, that's my hope is that, uh, you know, I mean, there's there could be great product all throughout. So uh, for me, I just want everyone to be able to get uh whatever it is that they want out of uh, these shops or farmer's markets or wherever they might go. Uh, and it's sad that uh, New Jersey patients can't grow their own. Uh, and I'm hoping that'll change in the near future as well. And of course, we're waiting for New York to come on board. <laughs> because if New Jersey's 2 billion, New York's going to be, you know, 5 to 10 billion pretty easily. Uh, so you know, between the city and upstate and everywhere else, I think, uh, you know, we got a huge industry, uh, that's ready, ready to roll. It's already rolling to be honest, but, uh, ready to comply and, and hopefully, uh, make some legal money and, and create some great products for people out there. And, uh, as in most places, reduce the rates of, uh, alcohol use, uh, tobacco use, hard, uh, drug use, and pharmaceutical drug use, uh, which, and, you know, and DUIs and all kinds of other things. So, um, I'm just hoping that this just keeps going and I'm glad it ha at the same time that I'm celebrating, uh, rec, you know, rec sales. I'm also hopefully ho ho holding the industry and the politicians feet to the fire to ensure that it isn't just MSOs that, you know that that profit from this, and that uh, the social equity applicants and all the all the smaller businesses, mom and pops can can compete and jump in. Yeah, absolutely. And um, regulators anticipate that uh, other shops, uh, starting with equity applicants, are going to get uh, going towards the end of the year. It's going to be about another seven months, but hopefully by uh, the end of the year, the very beginning of 2023, we're going to see an expansion of retail sales in New Jersey that's going to include some of those smaller uh, companies that hopefully will get uh, a seat at the table. But for the moment, uh, retail sales have begun in New Jersey, and uh, that is something. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Garden State. The Garden you know. State. Yeah. And 
there were advancements in, in New York as well. They announced that uh, the farmers that will be growing the rec are, are, were decided upon at least uh, 52 or so uh, licenses. And uh, some friends of ours, friends of the show, uh, received some of those. So it will be interesting to see how, how all that pans out as well. Absolutely. Yeah, the race to market here in the Northeast, it's pretty much everybody except New Hampshire at this point. So uh, come on, New Hampshire, let's get going. <laughs> well, Rhode Island, too, but they're they're knocking on the door. So there's lots more news to discuss, but, uh, but that's going to have to wait for another episode because this episode uh, features a really great and, and lengthy interview. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's our friend Dread Smokes Weed. Uh, he's the director of cultivation at DNA Genetics, uh, but... It was a long road to get there, and uh, his story is really inspiring as far as, um, you know, here's a guy who was uh, stuck in a, a state, um, you know, a prohibitionist state with, uh, with all the skills uh, to grow, but uh, looking over the shoulder with all that fear, uh, and then just was inspired to just move to a legal state and start growing and start at the bottom, work their way up, and... Uh, and now, you know, has this position as, as a director and running the show. A lot of hard work, a lot of, uh, um, you know, long days uh, of working and, and a lot of learning experiences. But uh, it's very inspiring and uh, very great story. And uh, he's a great dude as well. Um, so I say, uh, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back with Dread Smokes Weed uh, from DNA Genetics. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right, welcome back, you guys, and we've got a special guest uh, this week, uh, our old friend Dread Smokes Weed. He goes by the name Dread Smokes Weed. He is the director of cultivation at DNA Genetics, uh, but it's been a long and winding road to get there, so we're going to talk to him all about that, but uh, welcome to the show, Dread. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate you guys extending the invite. Yeah, man. Well, you're, you're an inspiration to to me and a lot of people because... Uh, ultimately, you know, you've, you've come from a, a very unfriendly cannabis state, uh, and, and you did the work. I mean, for, I first met you in Colorado, uh, where you were working, uh, in a, in a grow there, but tell me a little bit about, um, your early experiences with cannabis. Cause, cause it's kind of a family thing as well, right? So yeah, for me, it, uh, I mean, it all starts with my dad. Uh, my dad was a grower. Um, when I was growing up, uh, he went to prison, federal prison for about five years. 
back then the way they were doing it is they would pop the head guy and then he would roll down on all of uh all of his guys below him that were growing so my dad was running grow houses in uh the mountains in north carolina and uh and then and then later on in south carolina and uh so when he got out of prison i was living down in florida with my mom and i was just a hassle uh, and uh once i graduated uh high school my mom was like look i can't deal with you you need to go stay with your father and so me and my dad, we never had like a father-son relationship because he wasn't there when I was growing up. He was out doing his thing. And so I uh, I was like, yeah, I'll go move in with my pops. And so did that. And, uh, you know, I was already smoking. Um, he smoked. And so uh, we both just kind of had like this like cool friend vibe relationship. And, um, and then one day he was like, yo, do you want to learn how to grow this? He was like... He told, I remember exactly. He was like, I could teach you this and no matter what, you could always feed your family if it come down to it. And I was like, for sure. And, you know, I, I had high times and, and, uh, you know, I would see the cover photos and, and this is like, this is like 2001. And I remember being like, I don't even know if that shit's real. Like I've never seen nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like I was in Florida uh, you know, it was just brick, you know, Mexican swag every now and then we would get like some beasters from Canada. And, uh, so I was like, for sure. Uh, and so we had a little house in the middle of a town and, uh, in a neighborhood and there was a half bath that, uh, we weren't really using. And so we decided to tear the vanity out, tear the toilet out and hang a light up in there. And, uh, so did that for a while. And then we we're like, well, we got this extra bedroom that we're not using. Maybe we, uh, you know, use this one room as a veg and then flower in here. And so did that. And then eventually we were like, all right, let's get serious with this. And so we, uh, you know, decided to get a spot, uh, do it outright. And then, um, just do our thing, uh, for, a while in South Carolina. And then I'd say about 2008, 2009, I caught wind of what was going on in Colorado with the medical scene. And I was like, man, if I could like make a, I like, I love doing this. So if I could, if there's a way I could make a career out of this, like I'm totally into that. So I told my pops, I was like, I was married at the time. Um, my wife didn't want to move. So I was like, all right, well, I've got to do this. So we ended up separating. I told my pops, I'm out. I'm going to go try to do this uh, and get legit and, and, and see if I can make a career out of this thing. And um, ended up moving out there in 2011. It was like May, May, end of May, beginning of June, 2011. And I, uh, I was lucky uh, to fall into a crowd with someone like Derek Cummings in Colorado. And so I, I met him right off the bat and we clicked. I remember like going out there on a visit and he was like, you want to come trim some weed? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like for sure. So he took me up to his grow in Boulder and this was like just on my second visit. And so, you know, we like trim weed till like four in the morning and just bullshit it. And I was like, all right, this is, this is the life for me. And, uh, so once I got out there, I immediately reached out and I was like, yo, if you have a position, like I've got all this experience already, like I'll do whatever it takes. And unfortunately he didn't have a position at that time. 
So a position did open up and it was a trimming job. And me, I just wanted to get my foot in the door. I'm like, whatever it takes. So I, uh, I took that trimming job and uh, I was trimming for him. And then whenever we would finish trimming for the day, I would just go down into the garden, you know, sweep the floors, pick dead leaves, stuff like that, just to kind of just to be in there and, and, and have them seeing me. And then eventually he offered me a garden position. He was like, you're here. You're not leaving anyways. Do you want to just work in the garden? And I was like, yes. So uh, so, yeah, I, right then it was uh, it was Derek Cummings and Adam Dunn that I was working with. And uh, so I've, I was I was super lucky to fall into that crowd and have someone like Derek as a mentor, because um, like my pops was old school, like everything that he did. It was like shit that he learned in the 80s. You know what I mean? So like topping wasn't a thing. Like I remember when I first flew home and, and topped a plant, uh, he got pissed. He was like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, oh, just just, you know, just wait and see it. it and then and then he and then he finally caught on and he was like, oh, OK, so. Uh, so, yeah, working there. And then eventually um, I transitioned to River Rock in Colorado in about 2000, end of 2012, 2013, and did that Worked with those guys for a while. That was really cool. Um, you probably remember the weren't you at the the like the shindig in the greenhouse? <laughs> yeah, 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 I did attend that and. I remember um, it you must, and Milo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it must have been interesting to see how you know how to scale up, uh, sort of incrementally as well. I mean, you you kind of had the benefit of of sort of seeing the different sizes of scaling up, you know. Um, for sure. So, so for sure. So then you were at at River Rock. Yeah, and then I was fortunate. I had already known Scott Reach. But uh, Scott Reach was working for uh, Southwest Alternative at the time. He was he was growing for them. And then that ended and Scott ended up partnering up with River Rock. And once Pamela and Scott partnered up with River Rock, um, they gave me an opportunity to uh, be in charge of the rare dankness uh, super soil room. Uh, everything at River Rock was all all the rooms prior to that were all run under um, Ernie's method, which was great. And uh, but this was something different that we were doing. So, uh, again, now I'm uh, I've I've been able to link up with Scott and and now I'm learning all kinds of things from him as well. And uh, and then did River Rock for a while. I moved out to California in 2015 for about a year, Um, went ended up going back to Colorado and then uh, got a job at uh, House of Dankness had just opened up and they were getting going in Colorado. So I jumped back on with the Rare Dankness squad and uh, and we did that, got their place up and running, uh, learned a lot there as well. You know, that was like my first foray into an actual hydro facility uh, with Rockwool. Up until that point, I had never done just Rockwool. And uh, so that was that was great experience. Uh, great people. I love Scott and Pamela. And um, and then in 2018, I got the call from Don and Aaron and Crockett like, hey, we got this opportunity in California. Would you be interested? And uh, I said, you know what? Yeah, let's give it a shot. So I uh, went out to California and uh, 
here I've been here since. And we uh, we were doing a lot of consulting around the country. Like we went out, moved to Arizona for about eight, nine months. Uh, the crew, myself, Tony and uh, Brian and uh, at Copper State Farms, which is like this huge farm in Arizona, all under glass. Um, definitely by far the biggest grow that I had ever even been to. Um, really nice, really cool. And, uh, so we did like, we ran like, I think it was like 12,000 seeds and, uh, to do a, uh, pheno hunt out there. And we stayed out there and did the whole run, made the pheno selections, Don and Aaron and Crockett flew out. And, uh, you know, we had, we did the whole thing, smoke everything, try everything, pick what's best. And, and then COVID hit right after that. And the consulting kind of just came to a halt. Right. And, uh, luckily at that same time, the guys were working a deal in Oakland, uh, for this spot that I'm currently at now. So we took this spot and, uh, we did the build out pretty much from the ground up. It was just a, a shell of a building and started that and right in the middle of COVID, right, right at the beginning of COVID, like 20 January, 2020 is when we first got there. And so, that was quite the experience dealing with the city, uh, shipping, you know, trying to get it finished. And then finally, about a year later, we did. And uh, we've been operational this past year. We've just been kind of making tweaks, getting everything dialed in. And now we're at a point where uh, this summer, it looks like we're going to be launching DNA flowers from our Oakland facility, which is really exciting. Something I've been looking forward to um, for a while. And yeah, so that's kind of where it's at now. And uh, Oakland is has been quite the experience. I will I will say <laughs> that it's uh, interesting to say the least. And we can get yeah, into well, that when you want. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get into it actually because uh, the, the 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 place we've gone from getting raided, you know, by law enforcement to now yeah. there's like crews that are raiding uh, grows, and I mean they're rolling deep uh with and with high powered weaponry um and outgunning any level of security and even potentially i would say i mean you tell me but maybe even outgunning the police because it seems like the police are are fairly reluctant to even respond to to this and i mean let's let's describe what 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 you were talking about and then and then you can tell me about what these experiences are like for you so um for those that don't know just growing, running a grow, managing a team is pretty stressful, right? <laughs> yeah. Now you add this extra layer of stuff on top that has to do with, it's exactly what you said. There are these crews, it's super organized. And uh, what they do is they, they hit like six, seven spots all at the same time. And so uh, we got hit about a year ago and, um, they were able to gain entry into the facility. And um, so I showed up at like 1130, not even a year ago, and uh, at night to secure the facility. And um, cops were there. Takes the cops usually about 30 minutes to respond. Um, you know, that should be improving, hopefully. But uh, so I get there and, uh, you know, the place is just messed up. And so... We do, uh, I call my welder at 1130 at night and I'm like, yo, I need you to come down here. We need to weld the building shut for the night. 
we'll cut the welds in the morning. And so we're out here. It's like 1230 at night. We're wrapping up the welding. And then like six cars of guys pull up all at once. And uh, one of them jumps up on the fence, sees that we're in the gate. And uh, and then they still try to make entry while knowing that we're on site. So they're not worried about if there's people there or not. Like you're in Oakland, you'll be taken hostage uh, if you're lucky. And um, so luckily the cops had just left. So they came right back. Um, these guys are on scanners. So as soon as the calls go out, like they'll, they'll dip. Like I, I can see them on my camera. Like you, they're just listening to it. And, um, and so, yeah, they come like six times. The last time they came was at six 30 in the morning. Cause they kept trying to make entry, kept trying to make entry. Couldn't. So it's just cat and mouse, right? The, they come, they leave the cop show cops leave. They come back. Right. right. And, and, and I it's mean, not just like one spot. To, they're trying to run down the, the, the gates and stuff like with their co- so vehicles. That's the, so that's the most recent one is they did run through the gate. Um, you probably seen that video. Uh, they literally uh, backed through the gate with like a Honda Accord or a Mazda or something. And, um, but we've been beefing up security. Like while they expose our weak points and then we go to work on that. Right. And so this time they were only able to get in into the office. They weren't able to gain access to the grow. Um, and so they just stole a computer. But the damage that they do is is significant and, and it costs a lot. And then trying to deal with insurance in the cannabis industry is like there's all right. this like fine print and oh, well, you didn't have this or that. And so we're not paying anything. And so uh, and then when you do make a claim, you know, premiums get jacked up. So it's like it's almost better to not even make a claim uh, uh so that you don't have to deal with having your insurance canceled and stuff like that so but we continue to beef up our security you know and uh we have protocols in place uh and you know a lot of people will be like oh you need dogs well i heard about a place that uh i think it was in pennsylvania or somewhere where like they killed some dogs with a crossbow you know? and so it's like these is that's definitely not the answer. And, and people say, well, armed guards, you got to shoot them. So if the best outcome for the scenario is that somebody's shot and possibly dead, well, that's not a good, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. it's not worth no, that's that. Really, ultimately. It's really scary. I mean, I, I've watched these videos and it's harrowing. Um, and, you know, the whole idea of legal cannabis was for, especially for us as growers was to just grow in peace and be able to not have that fear and have to look over our shoulders all the time and, and worry about uh, our safety. Yeah. And here you are. I mean, it's it's really it's really scary. I'm hoping that 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 they come up with a better solution uh, than just you know ar- more arms and and that sort of thing. I mean, that there has to be uh, investigations and, and arrests yeah. and like you know what I mean. Like that's at the end of the day they need you know if this is an organized thing then they need to find a way to to put it to a stop because that's just outrageous and i don't think it's a very logical crime to commit anyways i mean what are they getting a bunch of wet plants uh and computers and equipment and and lives are at stake and being risked here we're talking about really like heavy weaponry and and 
yeah. a lot of people. You start, you're talking about six cars deep of, of people. It's it's uh, it's really scary. Yeah, and uh, I'm hoping that you know they can solve that problem for you guys. You know, one thing I will say is that um, Don and Aaron have you know every time if something happens, whatever we need, like the the upgrades are happening, we're reinforcing the place. Uh, new protocols are going into effect. So uh, I'm thankful that we have, you know, leadership that has been so supportive of us and, and, and their uh, foremost concern is, is the safety for myself and my crew, you know, shout out to my crew, Tim and Terrence and Connor, these guys are crushing it. And, uh, you know, I know everybody kind of feels that stress being here, but yeah, uh, it's crazy. No one should have to, live in that kind of fear at at their place of, of business at their job and um particularly with cannabis because you want you want it to have a good vibe and and it, you know it feels like taxation taxation without representation right because we pay this exorbitant amount of taxes and then the cops like like the first time they came uh, the guys, some of them weren't even wearing gloves and the cops don't want to do fingerprinting. Like they just fill out a report, clear the building, make sure nobody's there. And then they leave. And, and it's, it's been this way now for, for two years. I feel like this has been going on that I've been experiencing it. And, and it's not just us, it's everybody. Like I said, when I came back last time I was talking to the cops and they're like, oh, another place just got hit. Ten minutes later, oh, they just hit another place. So it's like super organized. It's the same guys. And, uh, you know, hopefully they uh, they switch their tactics up and they're able to to start making some arrest and, and right. we can get get through this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some let's talk about growing a little bit, too. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, you started off with your foot in the door doing trimming and, and, and sweeping the floor and everything. Uh, and now you've scaled up uh, pretty big. Uh, you mentioned Rockwell. Uh, what are some of the things you've learned from scaling up? Because in order to continue to grow, uh, you know, a craft-worthy product, uh, but in a large space, what are, what are some of the the, I guess, the pitfalls and 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 things that you've learned over over the course of you know the the decade plus that you've been doing it legally? So, what I would say is that. Right now, I feel like we're, we're the size of the facility that that we have is is uh, allows it to be a craft size facility, you know, um, and everything is able to get attention daily. As you scale up, you know, a lot of times um, things get missed. Uh, it takes longer to to get the weed trimmed up, bend up, you know, and 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 so what I've seen pitfalls in my experience is that as you scale up that, that spot right there, whenever you're, you're drying and curing and trimming and trying to get all that done in a timely manner becomes quite a challenge without having a huge staff. So what I love about this facility that we're at now is that, you know, it's myself and three guys and we're able to handle everything. Um, you know, we have a crew that comes in and does the trimming for us. But, you know, it's once it's dry, it's been once it's been uh, the trimmers are coming right away to trim it. And then it's going into a cure and it's getting cured and then it'll, you know, and 
And I prefer uh, a fresher product as opposed to like a cured product. So when I say cured, I mean like week, two weeks, something like that. And then we're, you know, right. We have been white labeling everything, wholesaling up until this point. But uh, like I said, we're gearing up for our launch and we're going to start jarring everything into DNA jars. And um, we're going to have a, uh, a few different things that we're going to roll out on the launch. So that's exciting. This facility that um, Don and Aaron built is uh, amazing. We have a uh, shout out to Anderson Aqua. So we have an Anderson Aqua injection system with a DRAM ozone skid. So we're, uh, we're able to inject clean and uh, inject ozone as well. So we've been... Uh, you know, it has the capability to, to recycle, recycle the water um, so we can continuously uh, reuse that, clean it. Um, we've been running uh, Athena Nutrients, which I have been really happy with. Um, so, yeah, the system, system runs great. Um, it's got all the bells and whistles. Everything is cleaned and injected. Um, a sterile environment. I like the rock wool because it, it just kind of keeps everything sterile. Injecting that ozone um, keeps your, uh, you, you know, your roots nice and, and healthy. Um, helps, uh, you know, keep that whole environment sterile. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a great system with, um, you know, and we're having great results. I run about a 3EC right now. And uh, pH, depending on where we're at, like in veg, we're around uh, five eight, and uh, and flour, we're we're right around five nine to six, and uh, we're doing uh, right now. We're running a strain DNA keg. We're running a Baker's Delight, and so we're. Uh, I've been experimenting with different flushing times. I've always been a guy who flushed two weeks, and. Um, I, I, so I've, I've heard you can dial that back. So we're, we're experimenting with that right now. This last run I did, I flushed them for a week and, uh, you know, I was really happy with the quality, the burn, uh, the ash was white, you know, and, uh, the biggest thing for me is like, I want to be able to taste the weed. You know what I mean? Like when I smoke it, I want to taste it. Um, I'm not chasing, we're not chasing a number, right? Uh, we're not chasing a THC number. That's not what we're about. We want flavors and effect. And so that's kind of that's kind of our thing and what we've been geared to. And uh, yeah, we've been really happy with with how things are turning out. That's awesome. Um, what uh, what are some of your favorite strains to grow and and to smoke yourself? So uh, that's easy because I like to grow what I like to smoke. So. Stardog, shout out to JJ, uh, has always been one of my favorites. Like, I'm a Kim guy, so shout out to uh, G, you know, Kim Dog. Uh, and uh, that's like my thing is is Kims and OGs. Uh, I'm not too much into the cakes and, and all of that uh, or fruits, but Kims and OGs has always been, been my favorite. Um, and now, you know, the market out here has been like cake, 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 purple, 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 30%, 30%, 30%. And so I'm actually kind of gearing up uh, for, for a switch. And I'm hoping that uh, 
you know, people kind of shift gears mentality with, with people being more and more educated, start to chase after terpenes in effect, as opposed to a color in a number. And right. so we're, uh, you know, we're gearing up to start running some more OGs and, and some cams. I just popped a bunch of seeds and uh, even like some cheese S1s just popped a pack of some cheese. And so, you know, I'd like to see some of that um, two, pre-2015 stuff start to come back around. And, and, and I feel like everything cycles and uh, I feel like this year that it might be time. Nice. Well, you know, as someone who basically has lived the dream of, of, of many people, which is, you know, you went from a, from growing in a, in a, in a place where it's really uh, frowned upon and illegal uh, to basically finding your way to a a place where it was legal, starting at the bottom as a trimmer and, and, uh, and worked your way up. uh, And now as a director of cultivation at DNA, uh, what, what's your advice to like, you know, a, a young uh, dread smokes weed out there who wants to do the same sort of thing. I mean, I know, you know, you, you've always worked really hard. You're, you know, you go above and beyond uh, expectations and things. And, and w- so what's your advice to that, that young uh, person who wants to follow along that path? Well, first off, um, you know, hopefully you have a passion for it, right? And it's and it's more than just a job or a, a dollar amount that you're chasing because you're not going to get rich uh, in the cannabis industry. Um, so uh, my advice would be be prepared to eat shit and know that life's not fair and that, you know, that you're going to scrub tables and you're going to see people who advance past you. But if you just put your head down and do the work, don't feed into all the bullshit, right? Just do the work, do the best that you can do. Um, you know, that's that's what I've done. I've just always uh, put my head down and went to work and tried to, to do the best that I could do. And if you're in a state where it's not legal, get out of there. You know, <laughs> move somewhere. Uh, where you can go and get a job in the industry. Um, you know, more and more states are coming online. Uh, you know, I'm from the deep South, so I didn't have much of a choice. Uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was dangerous there. So, uh, but more and more states are online now. So yeah, and, get you know, one of those places. And, uh, you know, if, 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 if you're fresh, uh, you know, and you don't have any experience, I would say get somewhere like, you know, for me, Colorado was a great place. You know, Oklahoma's just coming online. They're looking for a lot of people, you know, and and uh, find someone that uh, can kind of put you up under their wing and, and, and show you the way. And, uh, you know, and, and there's got there's a little bit of luck that's involved with that. Too, you know what I mean? Kind of meeting the right people and um but yeah, basically just work hard, uh, put your head down, do the work and know that life's not fair. And, you know, but if you do the work and uh, you don't complain, uh, usually, you know, things will work out in the long run for you. Yes. Good advice. And uh, I'm really looking forward uh, to some of this uh, DNA genetics uh, branded stuff that you'll be putting out. Uh, in the future, if people want to follow along uh, with the beautiful, amazing uh, flower shots and garden shots, as well as uh, the reality of these uh, these raids that are happening, uh, 
and some some good some good uh you know dog dog stuff as well <laughs> follow along on instagram at dread smokes weed uh and uh dna underscore genetics and yeah man thank you very much for being on the show and uh sharing your wisdom with us i know it's not something you do very often so i really truly appreciate it so thank you yeah thank you guys for having me yeah i don't usually do these things but i mean when danko calls man you kind of gotta you, you gotta you gotta respond to that i appreciate all your contributions to the to the culture and so thank you appreciate it man thank you so much and uh we'll be back after these messages with more grow bud yourself If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor Rocket Seeds has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the Fortnite. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality-tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out rocketseeds.com today and get growing. All right, welcome back, and uh, thank you to Dread Smokes Weed, uh, Director of Cultivation at DNA Genetics. Uh, definitely check out his Instagram, a lot of cool stuff, great great strain stuff, great grow stuff, um, a lot of insight into what's really going on out there uh, in Oakland, and uh, good grow information too. In fact, um, for our Patreon listeners, the people who support us uh, on our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Over there, uh, we're going to talk with Dread Smokes Weed about something very interesting and important lately uh, that people have been dealing with, which is hop latent viroid, um, or HLV. Uh, this is a plant disease that is very rampant, and uh, he talks about uh, spotting it and dealing with it. So, uh, head on over to Patreon if you want to get some uh, answers, uh, if you're curious about hop latent viroid, uh, which, again, is a plague right now uh, in cannabis. And uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us over there. And we are now in the cultivation segment. <laughs> and yes, this is a fortnight. And yes, this is a fortnight. Strain of the fortnight. What do you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the Fortnite. <laughs> Strain of the Fortnite. Ooh, there it is. Gotta love uh, that song. Thank you, Benja yes. Gonzalez. And, Indeed. Uh, yeah, man, what, what is the, uh, the Strain of the Fortnite? Yes, so the strain I want to talk about this, uh, this episode is called Grease Monkey, uh, this one is from our friends at Exotic Genetics, uh, Mike, who has been on the show, and we should get him uh, sometime soon as well. Uh, we'll get him on the show. If you want to check out uh, all of his gear, uh, go to Exotic Genetics, that's genetics with an X, uh, dot com, exotic with an X as well, 
by the way, uh, the <laughs> the right way. Um, and yeah, so Mike's been breeding for years. He's had uh, multiple cup winners. Uh, he's got a really amazing uh, name for himself. And the name of this strain actually speaks for itself as well. I mean, Grease Monkey. Um, this is a cross of Gorilla Glue number four, uh, crossed with Cookies and Cream. Um, and as far as why it's called Grease Monkey, I mean, it's it glistens in the light, uh, shines bright like a diamond. Uh, if you rub this plant, your fingers will immediately start sticking together. The terpene uh, profiles vary between different phenos. Uh, some give off uh, hints of hot cocoa, uh, caramel, uh, but mostly what I get is paint thinner. I mean, it's just that uh, that raw of a of a of a scent, you know. Um, there's hints in behind there of vanilla beans and things, and even a little bit of coffee, like I mentioned, cocoa, caramel. Uh, but it's that paint thinner uh, up front that really uh, gets gets you going, and I think. That's part of the reason why the hash that uh, is made from this cultivar is also pretty insane. Um, Grease Monkey, as its name implies, gives off, uh, you know, it washes really well um, for those extract artists out there. Um, gives you pretty good returns, um, whether you're using solvents or a non-solvent uh, type of extracts. Uh, um, and really, the aroma and the effect and everything really carries through. Um, as far as, you know, I mentioned the lineage GG4 and Cookies and Cream. Uh, Mike's got uh, feminized and regular versions of it. Um, it's considered basically about a 50-50 hybrid. Uh, you can top these bushes pretty pretty decently during the veg, uh, veg time, and you'll end up with medium to tall plants uh, and multi-topped bushes. The flowering time is between 56 and 63 days. Um, I would err on the side of 63, especially if you're going to be making hash. Uh, you'll just get that much more essential oil. Um, the yield is heavy, whether it's flowers or hash. Um, so do yourself a favor. Check out Exotic Genetics with an X. Um, check out the Grease Monkey strain. He's got a bunch of other incredible, incredible genetics on there. Definitely check out that Grease Monkey strain. I believe it. We, uh, Caesar and I picked it as a top 10 strain um, back in the high times days, I think around 2017 or 2018, around when it came out and started making a lot of noise. But uh, it's still making noise, uh, very powerful, uh, great flower and great hash from that grease monkey from Exotic Genetics. Excellent strain of the Fortnite. And now uh, it is time, as our listeners know, for Dan to provide a grow tip that's going to help you become a better cultivator. So what are you going to discuss this week? Yeah, so uh, it's it's that time of year. It's springtime. Uh, the earth is getting warmer. Uh, it's a time of renewal. Uh, it's also the time for putting plants outside if you're going to be growing outdoor plants. So I wanted to break down basics of a spring pot planting guide. Uh, if you want to have a yields of big buds in the fall, uh, you really got to do proper planning and planting in the spring. Uh, so those early stages are very important in order to harvest more down the road. So, you know, starting early is gonna lead to heavier harvests. Everything you can do uh, to get your plants bigger before they go outside, if you could start them even in, you know, November, December indoors and just keep them indoors in proper conditions, vegging and vegging and vegging until they're three or four feet, 
uh, you could put them out, you know, around Mother's Day at three or four feet tall instead of at, you know, six or eight inches tall, and you're going to end up with that much larger of a yield and, and a plant. It just takes a little uh, special planning, uh, and it takes some space inside, uh, so you can do that. Just make sure that space is warm uh, and humid. Uh, any veg space should be about 70 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, about 50% humidity, uh, well lit. You don't want these plants stretching because if they're growing outdoors, um, they're going to be very susceptible to falling and breaking branches if they're stretchy. So keep the light nice and low and close to them. Um, I like metal halides for this. You can pull this off with uh, fluorescence or LEDs as well. Uh, just make sure... Uh, the distance of the light to the plant is the proper distance for whatever light you're using, so you're not uh, growing really stretchy plants. Uh, and anything you can do to toughen them up. I mean, keep some some uh, oscillating fans in the room to really uh, keep them moving, and 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 you know anything anything you can do to toughen those plants up is going to be a benefit. Um, so those plants could be from seeds, uh, or they could be rooted clones. For me, for personally, for outdoor, I prefer uh, seeds. Uh, plants grown from seed have a major main tap root, uh, which really goes down and seeks out water deep deep in the soil and is really kind of the main uh, root from which all other roots emanate. With clones, you get some some roots, and, and obviously some are, are more, more important than others, but there's not that one major tap root. Um, and you know, one of the benefits of clones is the plants all stay the same height. Uh, that's a benefit that really only helps you indoors outdoors. It's not that important that you have uniform growth. So, uh, and clones are just a little more susceptible to everything, dust, wind, rain, uh, mold. They're just not as strong as seedlings are. I, I hate to break it to people. Um, you can have very, very healthy clones. Uh, they're just not going to perform the same as plants that are grown from seeds. So for me, my recommendation for outdoor plants is plant some seeds. If you don't want to have to deal with uh, wasting time growing males, plant feminized seeds. Uh, if you have uh, the time and the energy, plant regular seeds, get rid of the males, uh, and you'll end up with the bigger yields. I hate to say it, but uh, that hybrid vigor you get from an F1 hybrid seed, along with uh, that major taproot, is going to result in much stronger and bigger plants. So um, if you are using clones, just make sure, uh, you know, to harden up your clones before you put them outside. You do this with seedlings too. Uh, but, you know, put them out on a few overcast days. If they're going from an indoor environment, even if you have a very well-lit indoor environment, they're going out to outdoors, they're going to be shocked by that much sunshine. So uh, acclimate, acclimate them over time. Uh, harden them off. This could take uh, a week or two, basically, where every day uh, you put them outside and give them a little more sunshine. Uh, overcast days are perfect for this because you don't get that blaring bright sun that can, can burn leaves. So uh, acclimate them to outdoors. Don't just throw them out into full sun uh, right off the bat because that will certainly set them back and could kill them. Um, if you're going to grow from clones, you know, obviously you want to have... Uh, healthy moms and everything and, and healthy clones um, keep them properly fed and all of that and well lit just like I said with the seedlings and then you know basically you know spring is the uh, time to plant it's the vegetative stage 
of the plant from the spring into the summer as the days get longer till you know about the 22nd of June or so so uh, good rule of thumb is Mother's Day but it's different depending on where you are uh, certainly in the world and even in the United States uh, how high up you are uh, north to south uh, given how much you know fear of frost you might have later in the year so Maine is going to be a later uh, outdoor planting time than uh, let's say you know New Jersey or even further south so once you've got your plants out there uh, if they're in containers you can move, move them around to make sure they're getting enough sunshine all the time uh, the more sun the better during the vegetative stage uh, if you can move, move them around and give them lots of sunshine once they're acclimated to it uh, and keep them well watered they will grow very quick and uh, and very well uh, just make sure they're getting enough water, that the pH of the water is proper, that the uh, NPK uh, ratio of any nutrients that you're adding is is, is good. And uh, I wouldn't go with anything smaller than five-gallon pots if you're going in containers. Uh, even better, 10, 20, 35-gallon tubs. Uh, as long as the plants aren't autos, you're going to benefit from uh, a much, much larger container. You'll get bigger plants. So... Uh, let those roots really expand and have lots of room to grow. They'll produce larger plants than root-bound plants. Uh, if you're not in containers, uh, dig a hole as deep as you can. Fill it with uh, your planting mix, a nice loose airy mix and whatever amendments you've got. Uh, and then uh, just keep them nice and moist uh, throughout and you'll be fine. You can also start the pruning process during this stage, the vegetative stage is the time for any kind of training, pruning, uh, making the plants bushier, making them stronger in general uh, so that they can hold up uh, the buds that they're eventually going to have once they start flowering. Uh, this is also a good time to foliar feed. I love uh, being able to spray down the leaves, uh, both the tops and the bottoms of the leaves with either plain water or uh, mild nutrient solution. My favorite being a oxygenated compost tea, 24-hour oxygenated compost tea, uh, diluted till about uh, till it looks like basically just mild iced tea, and then sprayed all over the plants. And then whatever uh, you have left over, you can uh, drench, use as a soil drench. And now that your plants have got that good start in the spring, uh, keep them happy and healthy throughout the summer. You know, if there's really hot days. Uh, or really rainy days, you might want to cover these plants up. Just think about the possibility uh, and how that can help you uh, in the summer and into the fall when you get uh, some more moisture, potentially, depending on where you are. Uh, and then once you see the signs of bud formation, uh, typically, you know, towards the end of August or so, middle end of August, as the days get shorter and shorter, uh, you're going to shift over to uh, nutrient solution uh, with more P and K, phosphorus and potassium, and uh, and then you know cease any kind of uh, foliar feeding, cease any kind of uh, uh, training or uh, bending or pruning, and just focus on flower production and essential oil production, and you will be a very happy camper in the fall. That is my spring planting guide for you guys, and I hope uh, you get your plants in the ground and and keep them happy all spring, summer, and fall long.
<laughs> All right, there you go. A little grow tip from Danko, the uh, spring planting guide. And now uh, it is time for us to take some questions from our listeners. If you have a question that you would like answered, uh, get in touch with us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you think? Should we uh, hop right in? Let's do it. Delightful. Let's start off with Joey and uh, he writes, Hey Danny, hey Mike, hope all is well with you guys. Uh, I finally took the leap and ordered seeds from Rocket Seeds. All right, Joey, thank you. My questions are regarding autos. Is there any real training option given the very short veg time? Normally, I top plants and tie them down with fishing weights. Uh, also, will 20-gallon smart pots with a 50-50 mix of happy frog ocean forest be sufficient? And then finally, uh, given the very short lifespan of these plants, is feeding recommended? So uh, what would you say here to Joey? Yeah, so your questions regarding autos. Uh, are there training options with the very short veg time? I'm not a big fan of training autos. I think you're going to get... Uh, the best yields without topping the plants, uh, for sure. Uh, you could tie them down like you do with fishing weights. Um, that's not going to hurt your yield. That can only help out uh, really just by spreading the branches apart. Uh, but I wouldn't top any sort of uh, autos. Uh, I just I just think you're going to get uh, a better yield by uh, keeping all your tops that you can. But if you want to tie down that main top and, and create some more, uh, tops and a bushier plant as opposed to a Christmas tree type structure, uh, go for it. Just don't top by cutting anything off. Um, as for the 20 gallon smart pots, it seems to me uh, too big really for uh, for autos. I mean, I could you could go with 10 gallons or less. In fact, five gallons. Um, they don't have a long, uh, they, they have a 90 day or so uh, growth uh, life cycle lifespan so they can't really uh, create a, a, a ton of roots um, using 50 50 happy frog and ocean forest that already comes with a lot of nutrients it's a pretty hot mix uh, so as far as plant feeding i would use plain water uh, for the first at least three weeks or more uh, just plain ph balanced water uh, with the fox farm uh, you know, happy frog and ocean forest, there's a lot in there and the plants are going to be using all that up. Then if I noticed any sort of, uh, deficiencies, once the plant auto auto flowers and starts the flowering process, uh, after two, three, four weeks of veg, uh, depending on the strain, then I would just sort of keep an eye out in like week from like week two or three of flowering until week six or so of any kind of deficiency and then maybe bump a little bit of those powdered uh, Fox Farm newts in there uh, just to boost flowering at that time, week two to five. Uh, and then go back to just plain water. I think you've got a pretty hot mix and uh, autos really don't need a lot of food. Uh, what they really need is just, uh, you know, good amounts of light and, uh, and a nice loose airy soil so the roots can form a nice root ball. Uh, but again, I think 20 gallons kind of overkill. It's not going to, you know, just seems like to be a waste of space. You could you could bump that down to 10 gallons and maybe grow a few extra plants uh, crowded in together there. So good luck with that, Joey, and I hope that works out for you. 
All right, Joey, thank you very much. Uh, let's move it on to Renee, who writes, uh, Hello, this is my first time trying to grow at home. A local grower gave me some seeds, and I started them in a germinating tray. I've transplanted about 14 plants into bigger pots. Are there any tips you could give a first-time grower? Well, I bet there are. Uh, what would you say <laughs> here to Renee? Yeah, well, I mean, you've got a lot to learn, so start listening to cannabis growing podcasts. Get yourself a good cannabis growing book uh, for beginners. I happen to have written one, uh, but anything, you know, just to start absorbing information. Um, you've already got the plants growing, so uh, that's in some cases the hardest step for some people is actually starting. So you're there, but now you have to uh, do everything you can to keep those plants thriving and alive. So. Um, it says that you, you know, you're, you're, it's your first time trying to grow marijuana at home. So I'm assuming these are going to be indoors. Uh, if they are, uh, the most important things you have to consider are the light that you're using. It has to be sufficient for plants to grow. Uh, so whether it be LED, fluorescent, HID, uh, whatever it is, it should be specific for growing plants and it should be enough for your 14 plants, uh, with enough space as well. Uh, maybe a four by four. Uh, tent would be ideal. You want a light tight space that you can control the environment inside of. Uh, and in that case, I would say uh, you'll just need air circulation, uh, climate control, whatever that may be for your particular situation and, uh, and, you know, plant food and water for when you need to feed and water the plants. Uh, and there's so much more I can tell you, but, uh, I think, you know, really you're just going to have to uh, grow those 14 plants. Uh, and just the important thing also is that you have a light tight space and you can cut your light cycle from uh, 18 or 20 hours on to 12 hours on and 12 hours off in order to start the flowering cycle. I find a lot of people as first time growers, they start growing and they don't ever cut that light cycle just because they want to see the plants as big as possible. Uh, and they end up with plants that are too big and unwieldy uh, for their space. By the time they cut the light cycle, uh, the plant has taken over the space and then does not have the room to expand into flowering. Uh, so please factor that, that extra stretch and extra space that you're going to need and start the flowering uh, cycle at the appropriate time. Uh, for the size of the plants that you're going to want in the end. Um, that's, you know, my initial advice. Uh, the rest is really just uh, read as much as you can about growing and uh, and just keep doing it over and over, and eventually you'll get better at it. But, but it's like poker. It's very situational, uh, so it's hard to give hard advice. Uh, it's more like uh, you kind of have to get into every situation and know what your cards are and how to play them and then uh, play them correctly and properly and if not learn from your mistakes all right there you go renee uh, best of luck to you uh let's go to patreon and budding bloom writes uh, thank you for all the great info and entertainment leading to my successful indoor grow last year uh, i'm about to legally grow medical outdoors in a village in new york how will village light pollution affect the growth or cycles of my plants so yeah what do you think there dan huh well that's a good question uh it really it's also again situational because uh some plants are used to a certain amount of light pollution some strains can handle it 
Uh, and you also have to keep in mind that, you know, outdoor plants uh, have the moon to contend with. And sometimes a full moon uh, can be enough light uh, to throw those cycles of some of the more finicky indoor plants that are placed outside um, that can't handle any kind of little tiny light leak. So uh, it's very strain specific. Uh, you want a plant that's used to being outside and, and used to the at least enough of the light of the moon. Uh, and then it depends on how much light pollution you get. I mean, if you're right underneath a street light that's on all night, uh, that could be enough to keep your plants from flowering. Uh, and if you're growing outdoors, I highly recommend uh, creating some type of a structure like a greenhouse or a hoop house or something uh, to cover your plants um, just in case of storm, in case of wind and rain and things like that. And in that way, you can also uh, use a blackout tarp in case there is too much light leaking in, you can block out that light uh, when necessary, and it's basically just light light deprivation. And and if you want, you can also have light uh, supplementation inside there, and veg those plants out for longer than you want uh, than you can naturally as well. So there's lots of advantages uh, to instead of just growing straight outdoors in order to grow in some type of a greenhouse hoop house type container. Uh, but again, light pollution is strain specific and also depends how much light is being put out by your village. Uh, but most plants can handle uh, as bright as the brightest moonlight uh, on a full moon, uh, which is fairly bright. So uh, most plants should be able to handle that. And I don't think you'll have much issues, uh, but I would honestly have to check out where it is that you're growing to see how much light actually is polluting the space. Um, and if you can cover them up, cover them up. That's uh, really the ultimate solution. All right. Thank you, Budding Bloom. Thank you to everybody who wrote in this week. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, uh, get in touch with us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say? Let's take a little break, come back, and uh, wrap this one up. Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. Uh, DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back, and uh, we are going to wrap up the show by saying thank you to Dread Smokes Weed uh, and our friends at DNA Genetics. Um, thanks to everyone who helped him along the way as well. Uh, he mentioned, uh, you know, Adam Dunn and TH Seeds and uh, and uh, Scott and, and Pamela Rare Dankness, and you know, it, it takes a village, and uh, it's a great story, and uh, very proud of him and everything he's accomplished, and. Uh, also, he's also very humble, you know, he's always still learning, there's always more to learn, uh, and that's uh, one of the most important takeaways 
from any cannabis farmer or grower or breeder is that they're always learning. Uh, there are no uh, masters or experts. Uh, everyone is constantly uh, trying to find out more. Um, so thank you to him. Uh, thank you to you guys for listening. Thanks to Rocket Seeds. Uh, the code is GBY10 for 10% off of any uh, of the seeds that you need. And now is the time. Uh, if you haven't ordered your seeds for spring planting, please uh, do so and use take advantage of that code. Uh, save yourself 10% with GBY10 at rocketseeds.com. Uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, the code there is Danko15 for 15% off, although you can get up to 20 and even 25% off by signing up to our Patreon. Uh, Excelsior Extracts, uh, THC-infused pain relief rub. DM them on Instagram for more information about that. Uh, sending all our love uh, to Elaine and Tommy uh, at Excelsior. Uh, vapor.com as an affiliate the code there grow bud yourself 20 for 20 percent off all of the of the uh, vaporizers accessories rolling papers trays uh, cbd products they've got it all uh, so check out vapor.com save 20 percent off with the code grow bud yourself 20 and uh, thank them for their support as well uh, we are very excited to bring you episode 94 next week uh, but in the meantime put this one in the books Episode 93, Finis.